Well, welcome in to another episode of Small Town Faith Talks. We are so excited to be in the studio this afternoon sitting down with Sandy Morse. Uh, she is a dear, dear uh, friend of ours and a very invested, longtime uh, staple in this community with her family influence. And so uh, we just want to welcome you in. We're looking forward to a great conversation today. Uh, Walter, you got anything you want to give the people up front? Hey, yeah, we are just so happy to have you guys listening to us once again. Uh, I say once again, if, you, if you've had a chance to listen to our first two episodes uh, with Lisa May and then with Herman Ott. Altman, sorry. Uh, but uh, we know that we've had at least 127 people listen to um, those so far as of this recording. And um, we're just so excited again to have you lovely listeners uh, listening in. Well, like I said, we have Miss Sandy Morse sitting down with us this afternoon. And uh, just to tell you a brief uh, introduction to her, uh, she has got a longstanding connection here with family and all kind of history throughout the years. But uh, Sandy, why don't you just give us a little insight on what that looks like? What is your connection to North Zulch? Well, um, back in 1868, uh, my great-grandfather, Herbert Henry Herbert Boswell and Sarah Jane Barnett, she was born in 1872, discovered Nora Zulch and got property and um, built a home there, which is is still standing, and it was built in 1914. Uh, My grandfather, George Washington Boswell, was born there, and um, it's called the Oak Grove Community in Madison County. And uh, my grandfather was born April the 20th, 1903, my grandmother, Emily Reed Boswell, was born in George, Texas, 52804. My dad was uh, J.W. Cook. He was born 81121 in Madisonville. My mother was Emily Bo- Edeloise Boswell, and uh, she was born 2124. And I was born January 31st, 1947 in Houston, Texas. But um, that's where I lived most of my life. But my grandparents lived here up until the year 1965, and um, when I graduated from high school, Smiley High School in Houston, I moved my grandparents back to Norzulch. My granddad was a welder at Continental Limsco, and all the years um, when I was a younger girl, I spent several, uh, several, several weeks at different times at their house. That's how I learned how to gather eggs as chickens and see <laughs> hogs and Meat hanging in the storage room there, and we, we just uh, so many memories of taking a bath in the wash tub. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but most of all, I learned about God. Amen. I had godly grandparents that uh, taught me how important it was to attend church, and they were members here at First Baptist Norzulch. And there's so many people that that I know and remember and met. That uh, were the were the um, the pillar of this neighborhood here in Norzulch all all of those past years. I, I remember um, Herman and Lois Hicks and uh, Bernie Mae Whitmire and um, the Batsons and just just so many people. I could just go on and on that touched my life when I was growing up here. I was a little girl. I know. I tell <laughs> my granddad said. 
uh, I wasn't being very <laughs> nice when I was three or four years old in church. And my dad was going to take me out. My granddad said, no, she needs to hear the message. <laughs> so he oh, saved me from yeah. getting a spanking. <laughs> not funny. minding in church. But, um, and then my, then they passed on. And um, then my mom and dad retired here. My dad worked at Reed Builder Bit in Houston for 47 years. And mother was a receptionist at Carrier Air Conditioning. But then they retired. My dad always wanted to move back here. He always wanted a tank with fish in it and to have cows and live here. And uh, my mom said, no. She said, I've, I've picked enough cotton and picked enough peas, and I don't want to go back and do that again. I've <laughs> been there, done that. <laughs> yes. And so uh, one day she <laughs> she came to my dad, and she said, well, she said, it looks like that um, you're going to get your wish only because God is interfering in this. And my dad was so excited. And <laughs> so, but the reasoning being was that they were having to come up here so much because my grandparents were in their elder years and we were coming up here every weekend to take care of them or do what they had to do. And um, so my mom asked my granddad to Deed the property to them so that they could build a house. And that happened in 1983. All the times that we would come here on the weekends, we always knew that Sunday morning we were dressed and ready to go to Sunday school and church here in Narzult. Yeah. And um, I grew up in my lifetime thinking that every family that I encountered lived the same life that I lived. Mm-hmm. When I married and left home, I realized very, very quickly that it was a different world that I knew nothing about. Hmm. I lived in a Cinderella world. My mom and dad never argued, never fussed, never knew what bills they owed if they were that they needed money or anything, because they didn't do that in front of us. You know, when I was growing up, we lived in Houston. I just thought that everybody got up on Sunday morning, went to Sunday school and church, and everybody sang in the choir. And you were at church Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, you had training union. And then Monday night, if there was something going on, you were at church. Tuesday night, something was going on. Wednesday night, you had church. We had choir practice. Seven days a week, we went to church. I thought that's where everybody lived. But I found out there was a different world out there that I didn't know a thing (sighs) about. But I'm so thankful for that world because I... I had a rock, sound rock salvation in Jesus Christ Amen. because I, I can't say that I lived a perfect life and a godly life all of my life because that's not true. I strayed from the Lord. The Lord never left me, but I left him. Um, not in bad ways, not in bad things, but I married and I, the first time um, he wasn't a Christian. He was saved during the time after we married, but um, he didn't. I can't say in myself that he was or was not saved. He was baptized, but he didn't live the life that he needed to live. We had a son, Landon Heath Holland, and all about, I went through a divorce, and uh, but I still raised my son to be in church. He and I went to church, and um, because I wanted him to know what I knew, yeah. and then he, and then I married um, another person, and he had two sons, and we stayed. We came every weekend here because he was a he was the son of a cotton farmer, and he knew a lot about the country uh, makings of making land where that you 
could farm it. So he was there to help my dad get a tractor and know what to do. And for 20 years, um, we spent almost every weekend of our lives coming up here to help mom and dad get started and that. But then the sons came from the end of May to the 1st of September every summer hauling hay for people like Bill Horton and uh, just so many others that had hay that on the ground. And my dad fixed, fixed up a business so that the boys can make money for their senior year to get their vehicles and, and all of that. But when they were here, they were they lived the life of Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday at church mm-hmm. with my mom and dad. So they got a rock foundation there. Yeah. Uh, my grandparents, my, I'll go back a little bit. My grandmother was, um, she had a lot of issues. She didn't always attend church. She had, like I said, a lot of issues. And so there was times that she didn't get to go, but she always was on the phone calling someone that was sick or someone that was in the hospital or someone that had lost a loved one and praying with them. And Mm -hmm. I heard it so many times. and And I had already been brought up that, you know, when you're a Christian, God expects you to talk with him. Yes. For you to share with him, for you to pray with him, and for that is the way that he gives you guidance in your mm-hmm. life is through not only the Bible, mm-hmm. but what you learn at church, the people that you associate with, the the, the times that get hard. Right. He's the first one that you need to go to, not outside people, not someone else, but him. Yes. I've learned down through the years that... Um, I just don't know what my life would have been had I not had God in my life. And I don't want to go there because I I have had a lot of trials and tribulations, and uh, some of them have been hard for me. Um, but he's always been there for me. He's always showed me the way. He's always guided my life. And he gave me the opportunity. I never have been able to just be on the road or be in anywhere and walk up to someone and say, do you know the Lord? Do you know where you're going? I just wasn't that bold Mm -hmm. about doing that. So he made me, I would be in the grocery store and this has happened to me here in Madisonville. Um, buying my groceries and some, someone passed by and hi, how are you? Bless you. You know, and that's saying, so they may turn around and come back to me and, and they start crying and they tell wow. me what's happening in their life. And so then I say, well, I'll remember to pray for you. Yeah. What did you say? Mm-hmm. I said, I will pray for you, you know, but I never was bold enough to really pray outwardly like that. I guess I just wasn't strong enough in my faith or whatever. God wasn't ready for me to, right. to do that. But then um, as time went on and I would be at the hospital or something and I would go and I would tell someone that I was going to pray for him, God would say, you need to pray right now so that they hear your prayer. Yeah. Out loud in that moment. moment. Yeah. And I said, God, I can't do that. And then it was as if I had a choking feeling in my throat saying, you must do that. Hmm. So, you know, and the, hard, the hardest time that I ever had was trying to do that when someone was really in the hospital, really ill, near death. and Yeah. But he will always give you the words to say if you just apply and do it. Right. 
you know. Well, yeah, that I think that's that's so that's so valuable. Um, you know, just thinking about well, first of all, your foundation, your your connection here. Thank you for those details. That is so neat to hear that long-standing history. Um, but as you have seen that foundation and you've been brought up in that, then you pass that on to your kids. But I love what you said about even seeing the the influence of your grandmother praying and, and texting or not texting at that time, but calling <laughs> and reaching out and checking on people and, and, and demonstrating that attitude of prayer. I think that's probably shaped a lot of who you are and why you are so adamant and, and strong minded about prayer today. And you know, the value of it and why God's even used that in your life in the supermarket, out in the, you know, out in public, wherever you may be in the hospitals, um, the post office or wherever it may be that, that God has placed that such a big desire on your heart, you know, and, and for you, you, you have that role here, uh, at the church, you're the prayer coordinator and you, you take that responsibility where, when someone has a need, when something arises, you're the first person they're reaching out to. When there's somebody in the hospital, when someone's sick, uh, when someone has a loved one that passes away or whatever the case may be, it's like you're the first contact. And what you do is you assemble the troops. You assemble the prayer troops knowing like we've got to get these prayer warriors um, going and, and, and talking to the Lord. You know, we've talked about this before. How, how often is prayer the last resort? When I can't figure things out, when I can't uh, handle this situation, this crisis, this burden, I'll try all my other means and then I'll go to God. It's so backwards. We, we ought to be going to him first. You know, he's the Amen. one who Amen. is there for us and who has demonstrated that. So why don't you talk a little bit about, I mean, you've talked about how you've seen, you know, p- prayer playing such a big role in your life. But are there moments, are there specific moments for you personally where you know, like this moment, prayer was the thing that got me through. It was that open communication with God. It was giving the guidance that I need to walk me through this season. We've I mean, talked about some different hard trials and seasons of your life, but can you point back to any of those where prayer was, you see prayer being that thing that kind of got you through? Well, God was always there with me. Yes. You know, it's, it's like I said, there was times that I was wayward, you know, and that's when things would arise and I would realize, okay, you haven't been studying your Bible. You haven't been praying. You haven't been doing the things that I put out in front of you. And um, so many people think it's so hard to pray. And whenever I was going through the crisis of praying out loud, and now in my life, I talk to God all day. Hmm. You know, I mean, I pray when I get out of the bed. Thank you, Jesus, for waking me up this morning, you know, putting my feet on the floor. Uh, what do you have me to do? What, what do you want me to do today, Lord? And um, There's a scripture about that, isn't there? Pray without ceasing. ceasing. <laughs> yes, that is in... Um, I mean, that's what we're instructed to do. First Thessalonians 5 and 16. Always be happy. Never stop praying. And that the, I think the older Bible said pray without ceasing. Yeah, yeah. And um, give thanks for whatever happens. Um, so many times I think we view prayer as this little cubicle that we visit. We pull it out. We pray and we put it back in. But like what you're saying is I'm praying all day long. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's not a thing I start and stop. Mm-hmm. It's an open dialogue with our Father. That's right. And, and you know, I couldn't get through the day. Um, 2010, I married George Morris from Pasadena. Um, 
was never going to get married again. I'd made a mistake several times, and I know without a doubt in the marriages that I had, I did not pray and consider what God, who the person God had for me. I married without really connecting with him. He led me through the situation. I had lots of trials and tribulations, but he was always there. And, um, and for a long time, I carried that harbored in my heart that I had done so much wrong against God. Um, and after, um, and then, then I met George, and we were we were the best of friends. We both had had issues. We weren't going to get married, so we were because uh, at that time my mother was still living here by herself. She lived nine years here in Norzult. Uh, because, you know, I said, well, why don't you sell the house and we'll get a house together? She said, no, ma'am, I'm going to live here by myself. I have my church here, and I'm going to be where God wants me to be. Okay, I did (laughs) I understand that. And uh, then after Mother passed away, then like I said, but George was with me during the time my mom had cancer. That was a tough time for me. Mm. My mother and I were very, very close. I was very close to my dad, though. I was a daddy's girl. I would rather be on the roof, under the car, (laughs) and... Out hauling hay and castrating cows and all of that. That was my thing. I have a brother, J.W. Cook, that was named after my dad. And he was in the house with mom, and he loved to cook, and he loved to hand mom read books. And, uh, you know, so I, told, I laugh and say, we got our genes mixed up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he is a dynamic Christian now, Amen. serving God at Memorial. My son is a dynamic Christian with a Christian family. He has three children, and they all work in the church. I have a granddaughter. They've all surrendered to ministry with God. Wow. I just praise God for wow. that. You know, but... Um, what a blessing that is. Yes, an awesome blessing. But um, so when we... When, when George, after my mother passed away, we were coming up here all the time taking care of uh, the property, making sure nothing had happened while we were down there working and everything. And one day um, we decided... Well, my son and my brother said, you know, are you and George ever going to get married? Y'all been together nearly 10 years. And I said, no, you know, that's not what God wants us to do. Well, anyway, God changed our mind. (laughs) (laughs) And we moved, uh, we got married in 2010, and we, I went to, um, back to work. And that was on a, well, I go back. We were were at my brother's in Austin and um, on Labor Day weekend. And they were teasing us. We were in his pool, and they were saying, you know, y'all need to get married, da-da-da. And George said, you know, he said, I love you and you love me, even though we've never said it. We've just always been good friends and been there for each other. And he had lost his wife. She died with multiple cirrhosis. And so um, he said, but, you know, he said, we we just maybe need to pray about this. And I said, Mm -hmm. well, I've been praying, you know. Hmm. But uh, so anyway, I went back to work that next Tuesday after that. I opened up my computer. I worked at Clear Lake um, Courthouse, and I was uh, secretary to Judge Louis Ditta there. And um, God put me in that place for a reason. That's where some of my prayers started because I would tell the girls, they would say, we always hear you praying for somebody. And I said, well, yeah, will you pray for me, Doug, this and this and this? Well, one day... One of the girls was just really, really upset with her kids and having time, hard times. And so I was out in the hall, and I said, come here. I said, let's pray. And she said, what? <laughs> you know, people people shy away yeah, from that. Yeah. They don't understand it. They think you're trying to put Christianity in their brain, and right. they don't want it. Casting and a so, spell on me. Yeah. <laughs> and so I prayed, and she, she was crying, and she said, 
She's told me time and time again, that just meant so much to me. And I said, somewhere along life, you have to just give in to God. Let him be the person that directs your path, guides you in what you do. You know, and I can have a million things planned. And I can get up that morning and God throws so many things at me. And I'm going here and I'm going there and I'm praying here and I got to do this and got to do that. But your life is much, much more happier. But back to George. So (laughs) up to my computer said, please come to Human Resources. You're eligible for retirement. Hmm. I had no earthly idea of <laughs> that. So I called George. I said, listen to this. And he said, oh, my goodness. He said, God's working fast, isn't he? And wow. I said, yes, he is. But, you know, so he went with me. And um, so we decided to get married October the 30th. And I retired in January. We moved up here. And I wanted to make sure that he wanted what church he wanted to go to. So we visited all around Madison County with, and he said, no, I want to go to First Baptist North Zulch. Mm. So he and I both felt the need that God put us here because this is a tremendous mission field. Mm-hmm. And all the time we're all, people say, why did you go back there? And we said, because God has us on a mission. We're on a mission at First Baptist Church in Orzulch. That's right. But that's a little small town. I said, yes, but that's my town. I said, I had, my grandparents were here. My parents lived here. I've known everybody in that church from when I was a little bitty girl. And I said, you know, it's family. I'm, I'm family here. And my family, I have all of those memories of of going to church with all of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, That's so awesome. It's just, um, I mean... I couldn't live my life without prayer now. You know, like I said, I, my husband will say, he's told people, she prays from the time we leave Norzulch till we get to Pasadena. And he said, if you don't believe me, he said, <laughs> I hear every, she blesses everybody that's got problems or whoever's in the hospital or whatever. And I said, well, I just do what God tells me to do. Yeah. And it's so easy. If you just let God lead in your life, you know, he's going to open up so many doors that you could have never walked through without him. Right. It's just so, so important. Prayer is so much a part of my life. And people will come, you know, if I tell people I want to pray with them, what? And sometimes they may they may never figure it out, but then sometimes they'll come back and say, that was awesome. Mm. I, I, you know, I, you, you helped me turn my life around. Wow. So we never know in our daily walk who we're going to encounter who God wants us to to be with or be about or say something, but he's he never leaves you. Right. You leave him, but he never leaves you. Hmm. And I'm just thankful that God has worked in my life and my children's life, my grandchildren's life. And um, and I, you know, George's family are all Christians. All of all of our grandkids, his grandkids, my grandkids are all saved. They all work in the church. So that we have a mighty foundation that we're a part of, yeah. you know, to fulfill God's mission. And um, I'm just thankful for First Baptist Church in Arzulch. I'm thankful for Matt Murray and Megan Murray and Walter and Jana that are at our church. And, you know, we're, we're going through struggles, but God's here and God's right. working. And uh, that's my daily prayer every day for God to use me. For what he would have me to do, yeah. and to build his kingdom, and to help wherever I need to help.
That's so awesome. Yes. That's so neat. I, I love hearing that. You know, just we're, we're reading through a prayer book right now, and one of the things that was in there the other day uh, said one of the greatest tragedies uh, is unanswered prayers because they go unasked. Right. Amen. And, you know, it's like we have our Heavenly Father who has the cattle on a thousand hills, He's got every resource in the book. He is like waiting to just, I think, unleash so many times. And when we don't beg him, when we don't petition him, we don't cry out to him. It's like he's being, he's like withholding those things, but he's like waiting for us. Just ask me, just a good father, just waiting to unleash these things on you. And I just think it's a cool moment to think about your family, all the prayers you've prayed over your family and all the blessings that God has used through that. You know, and I think we think of it, in this sense of like God's going to, you know, unleash like physical things to us. No, but he's giving you grandchildren and children who've surrendered to ministry and, and who are continuing the kingdom work. And so once again, going back to you talking about your grandmother, now your grandchildren are looking at you going, look at my grandma. She's a prayer warrior. She's mm-hmm. on her knees fighting for me and praying for me. And through that, God has used so many wonderful moments of, of calling to them. So my, that's great. When my grandkids were growing up, my son said, okay, if you want to ask Oma something, you need to give her time to pray about it because she's not going to give you an answer when you call, right. but she's going to tell you, okay, I'll pray about it and I'll get back with you. And my mom did the same thing. You know, my mom, I'd come on, okay, mom, I need you to pray about this. Okay. You know, and if I'd call her and say, uh, why don't I mean you go down to, you know, I'll pick you up and we'll go back down to Deer Park to be, you know, with Heath and them. I don't know. Let me pray about it and I'll let you know. So I lived in that fact, right. you know, that they they were seeking God's will in everything they did, mm. you know, just simple things, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the I have a granddaughter, Kara, that's going to Howard Payne University. She's surrendered to children's ministry. And uh, she calls me from up there, oh, my you got to pray. So-and-so is sick, and I'm taking him to the emergency room right now. I said, you got it, you know, hmm. and I start praying. So it, it's it's amazing how God uses prayer for the importance in your life, yeah. an everyday thing. You know, from the time that we get in the car, if we're going out of town somewhere, we hit the end of the driveway, and I say, wait. I grab George's hand, and I just say, okay, God. Put your hands underneath our hands. You just you, you just surrounded this car. Get us to where we need to be, and Lord, just let us do what you want us to do. Hmm. You know, and and he and I know I have that comfort right. that he hears us. Right. You know, and that he's with us. And it's so simple. It's just like we're sitting here talking today. I talk to God just like that every right. day. You know, it's not a it's not a special. So many times we think it's the special position or words or posture. It's like, no, just talk to God, just like you talk to a friend. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You don't have to have a special speech to talk to God. No, he's I mean, not impressed with your words. No, yeah. no, he just wants your heart. That's right. And he wants you to, to be under his guidance. Mm-hmm. That's that's just so important. Yeah, it's so good. And, yeah, and we're so thankful, you know, for you 
keeping us connected with Kara because she has uh, led the uh, recreation for preteen camp the past couple of okay. years, and um, yeah, and not just you know leading them in the the fun stuff, but really um, having an open ear to the kids and the young girls there that that look up to her, and wow. uh, it was it was really a great um, uh, helper with um, just showing the light of Jesus to those kids at camp. We love having her. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that my other two grandkids, uh, Carly and Holt, they are very active in the children's ministry due to the fact that that's what their mother does. She's in <laughs> full-time ministry at Memorial. My son is a deacon. He runs the PowerPoint, and um, they live their life at the church. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they've grown up that way, and I'm thankful for that. George's kids. George has a granddaughter, Emily, that's very, very mission minded. She's been in Haiti, and she'll call me. Oh, I got you. You got to pay for me. You know, I got to go to Haiti, and you know, I need funds and all of that. So, not only my step grandchildren, yeah. you know, that are active, they know that that I that I'm a prayer warrior. Right. That, that when they tell me that they need something, I say, well, well we just have to take it to the Lord and see yeah. what, you know how, how He's going to deal with it. So, well, uh, I remember before. Uh, well, I was in the process. Of, I don't. I'm. I think I had already been called as pastor, or I was coming in view of a call. It was. I was in the process at least, or maybe yeah, somewhere in that process. And I got a text from you, <laughs> and I remember sitting at the house and. Your name, your number, come across there, and I didn't recognize it, whatever. And you, you know, introduced yourself, and it was this long text message, but it was a it was a prayer request of a young student here in North Solch who was experiencing some hardship in that moment and needed prayer. And I just thought, man, what a testimony that is that mm-hmm. she's already like sounding the alarm. Yeah. And uh, and I just know in my family, it's been such an encouragement. You'll send text messages and you'll, you'll, you'll actually write the prayer out to my wife. It's just like, it's amazing. And it's like those things, you know, you tell somebody I'm praying for you and that's powerful. That's great. Mm-hmm. But when you get a text message, it's like, this is my prayer for you yeah. today. What a game changer. <laughs> and so that's just been such an encouragement to my family personally. I know you've done that to countless others throughout this community, throughout your uh, sphere of life and the reach that you have. And that's the thing that's just so impressive about about prayer. It's like we can stand in the gap for people that we may not even know, that we don't know a lot about, you know, or that we're not even in proximity to, you know, physical proximity, but we can stand in that gap and we can hold that rope and we can petition the Father on their behalf. And um, I know I was worried about sending that text because I thought, here, this guy doesn't even know me, you know? And uh, so I asked Tammy for the number, and she said, I said, all I'm going to do is I'm just going to have send him a prayer request, please. You know, so she gave it to me. And in that time, I couldn't help but encourage you, yeah. you know, and, and let you know that I was praying for you, for whatever decision that y'all made, mm-hmm. you know, for, for God to, to put you where that you were supposed to be, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I thought, I hope he doesn't think I'm crazy. No, no. <laughs> he doesn't even well, know me. And no. I'm here texting all this stuff that God's telling me to do. It's like through that, I didn't know you, but I do know you. Because yeah. that's who you are. <laughs> that was a glimpse at who you are. And uh, and I just say, I'm so thankful that God has continued to use you and your family and your the legacy, the history of your family to, to impact this town. And I believe uh, that he's not done with that. He's right. still using you in mighty, mighty ways. And I know we're just so thankful for your impact and, and George, you know, George 
just the way that he can uh, make my little two-year-old boy light up. It's just so amazing. And just it's just so cool to see your family being such a light in this community. And so we thank you for that all these years. Thank and you. Uh, the return and that the kingdom is getting through that is priceless. So thank you for, for sure. your involvement. Thank you for loving me. <laughs> so yeah, thank you so much, Sandy, for joining us today. And if, you, uh, if you're if you listening and you're looking for a home church, man, we'd love to have you join us here at First Baptist North Zolch. We are excited about what God is doing. He is definitely moving. And the mission that we mentioned earlier is, is alive and well. And if you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you join us this weekend. Uh, we'd love to have you plug in and, and connect to what we've got to offer you here and see how you can uh, connect and uh, contribute to the kingdom work in North Zolch. We definitely encourage you guys out there to pray continually, uh, just like the Bible says. Uh, Now, um, hopefully when you're driving, um, keep your eyes open while you're praying. If you you just feel like you got to close your eyes, just pull over and uh, don't text when you're driving either, okay? Uh, but uh, yeah, speaking of texting and, and social media, we want to make sure you guys know all the ways that you can get connected with this podcast. You know, Obviously, you're already listening to it, but if you want to tell your friends, uh, we have a lot of ways they can get to it. Um, the, uh, the newest way we've put up is on the Apple Podcasts app. Search for Small Town Faith Talks there. If you'd like to go to the church's Facebook, that's First Baptist North Zolch, and we put the uh, post on there every time we have a new episode. Um, you can go to the church's website, fbcnz.org, and go to resources, and you'll see podcasts listed there. Um, and we want to hear from you guys, because we want to know if if this, this uh, is sounding good to you, um, and, and if you have any other kind of feedback, questions, suggestions on, on topics or people you want to hear about, um, let us know. You can uh, post uh, comments on, on most, of, most of these places, but if you prefer email, we've got fbcnzpodcast at gmail.com. And we love to hear from you guys. Um, and, uh, you know, if you, if you have a question that, that'll be beneficial for everyone to hear the answer, we, we might broadcast it here on the podcast. And, um, you know, if, you, if you'd rather stay anonymous, just let us know in that email. And uh, we just thank you guys for listening. Mm-hmm.